Hello and welcome to the AA Ireland podcast. I'm Paddy Common. And I'm Anna Cullen. This episode, we get into the weeds with one of the most knowledgeable and very outspoken men in the Irish car industry, Dennis Murphy from Blackwater Motors. AA patrols are trained mechanics and fix 8 out of 10 cars at roadside, meaning you can continue your journey and can control your breakdown costs. AA personal cover means you're covered in any car, even when you're not the driver, meaning you have the flexibility of switching drivers at ease. You can download the AA app. It's the fastest way to report a breakdown. It pinpoints your exact location and you can track your AA patrol's progress while you wait. To find out more, go to the AA.ie. Dennis has some very strong views on the government's approach to tackling climate change and how it has impacted the car retail industry here in Ireland. Buckle up for this one. So we're joined this week by Dennis Murphy, who's dealer principal from Blackwater Motors in Cork. Dennis, thanks so much for joining us on the thanks, AA Paddy. podcast. Delighted, delighted to be here. So look, first things first, tell us about Blackwater Motors. Tell us about the area, what sort of customers you, you deal with here. It's a, it, it's a long running business. Yeah, we've been in business now for close on 30 years. Um, hard to believe it's time flies. Uh, we represent all the Volkswagen Group brands, which is Volkswagen, Audi, Volkswagen Commercial Vehicles, see it and skoda we do after sales for skoda we're not we're not sales for skoda yet we have five locations here in in cork city we sell new and used cars and we service cars and we hope to open an outlet in Tralee and kerry um, for this time next year so it'll be our first um expansion outside of 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 cork city and going down to the kingdom will be a challenge in more ways than one for cork people hidden down here so we're looking forward to that so look, set the scene for us because some of the listeners won't understand the Irish car market as such. What look? What does a good year look like in the Irish market? Are we enjoying a good spell, or is it a bad spell at the moment? Um, from from a profitability point of view, it's good for us, Paddy, um, because used car prices have just gone through the roof, as everybody will have heard and and seen on on the press over the last number of while. From a units point of view it's pretty poor. Um, the Irish car market is very unusual across Europe in that we have a very large used import market as, 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 as we have a new import market and historically the combined markets would head for 225,000 units would be the average over, over a 20 year period and that would vary then depending on the price of sterling between new and used. So on a good for new you'd have 180,000 new and you'd have the balance then in used. Recently it's been almost 50-50 like 120,000 new car sales and about 100,000 used car imports right from from mainly from the UK but now um, Brexit has has closed off the the used car import market from from the UK and we have um, the supply shortages with the the chip issue um, restricting new car volume so we're down at around 150,000 units, where the ordinary market would be 225,000 units. So from profitability point of view, it's good, but that's only short term, that won't last forever because new used car prices are beginning to soften and thankfully we all need them to soften, but the units are, are really, really poor. Obviously at the time for the consumer, the imports seemed like a good Idea. Was, Great it, idea was it was it good for the for yeah, the dealership it's good, it's good for everybody paddy um 
Like you, new car prices in Ireland are extraordinarily expensive mm. and are being made more expensive every budget that we get. We get we get increased in prices. Like even on on the the electric vehicles, there's seven percent vehicle registration tax on electric vehicle, which is which is mad because the grants are being reduced on on these cars mm -hmm. and the VRT relief has been reduced on these cars. So even though we have a target of one million electric vehicles by 2030, we're still taxing them excessively. So between VAT and VRT, there's 30% tax on an electric an electric vehicle. So we have very very high uh, new car prices in the European in Europe, or second highest in behind Denmark. And the compensating factor for that is our consumers are very very, uh, I say, proactive. You know, and they've gone to the UK to source out bargains for for used cars and we've gone gone there ourselves so the, the used car import market from the uk like, was a substitute for um, new car sales in this market because our new our new cars were so expensive but brexit has closed that off now so we, we have a massive shortage of of used cars in in the market that we don't have these cars coming in from the uk and we have a massive shortage of used cars because we're not selling new cars to take take in trade-ins so that's why the used car prices have gone through have actually gone through the roof. And I've never seen it like this, Paddy, where the prices were, were this strong. Never, ever seen it like uh, this. There's obviously been a lot written about why there's delays in new cars and shortage of new cars. What's your take on it? Um, we've been, our brands have been affected um, more than most mm. um, because we're, we're the largest manufacturer in, in Europe, the largest uh, Volkswagen group. And again, I, I mean, not just Volkswagen, talking about to see it, Volkswagen commercial vehicles like Porsche, Lamborghini, Bentley, all those, all those brands. And when the chip shortage came, um, Volkswagen Group allocated the chips to the most profitable brands. So in order of seniority or profitability, Bentley, Lamborghini, Porsche, Audi, and all the way down the line. I won't say which one is last, last in line. So the chips were allocated to the most profitable brands. And then to the most profitable countries. And Ireland is not a profitable country for its manufacturers because the manufacturers substitute the prices of the cars. They compensate for the high taxes by lowering the margin on the car um, to make them affordable for consumers in this market. And then when the chip shortage came, we suffered um, because we're a low margin country. So we're like near the bottom of the queue for the chips. And that's why the Volkswagen Group has been affected. And Ireland has been affected more than many of the other brands. And if you look at at the figures, like we were, we were number one for many, many years on, on Volkswagen, um, and we're number five now, which is like some, some that'll tell you what effect it has. Mm. The chip shortage had had on us, had on us this year. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about electric vehicles at the moment. How are your customers navigating to it? Are they are they getting there? Yeah, they've got there. They've all got there, Paddy. Um, like. I, in fairness to the government, they've done a great job in promoting electric vehicles and the need for, for us to tr transition to electric vehicles because of all the issues regarding climate change. And Irish consumers have taken that message on, on board and are, 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 are on the transition route. Um, like just take Volkswagen cars, for example. Like our target this year, 25% of that target was pure electric vehicles, not hybrids, right? Just p not plug-in hybrids, pure electric vehicles, 25%. So we've reached that milestone as it is. The, the issue with the transition, and every consumer that comes into us, every customer that comes into us, Paddy, talks about electric vehicles. Even if they're coming in to buy a car below €10,000, they still talk about electric vehicles and, how, and what's, how it's going to affect them in the future. 
and how the transition is going to happen. But unfortunately for the vast, vast majority of consumers, electric vehicles are very expensive and will continue to be very expensive for a long time to come yet, right, right through to the end, end of this decade. So a lot of people are excluded from the transition journey, even though they do understand that, that it's necessary and it's required, it's beyond their affordability levels, so they're completely excluded from that. So how that's going to affect the transition into the future, um, who knows, like maybe they'll just throw their hat and say, this isn't for me, and just keep doing what they're doing at the moment and drive, uh, drive ice vehicles, or maybe the prices will come back to an affordable level, or we can create a used car um, EV market for these consumers, which is going to be very difficult because of Brexit. We won't get these cars from Brexit, so the only way we can get them is from new car sales, and our new car sales are restricted. So it's a bit, when you explain this to them, right, that, that, that you, you, there's not really a used car market for EVs, there's not going to be a plentiful used car market for EVs into the future unless something happens with the, the Brexit issue, then a lot of people are excluded from the journey. So the people that are on the journey, and when they buy these electric vehicles, they're fantastic cars. And if you review them, Paddy, they are really fantastic cars, you know, from, from every aspect. They're really, really good, really, really nice to drive. Um, the range issue really isn't an issue anymore. It's more... Just, just on that, are we gone beyond that stage where people are fretting about things like range? Is the edu- level of education enough still yet? Yeah, like we, we explain, when we, when we talk to the people that are buying electric vehicles, we say to them, like, you, you, you charge a car at home. It's a cultural change. Like, you can't expect or we can't expect to have like, these high-powered EV chargers at every corner, or, like a petrol station at every corner. Like you, you charge your car at home at night and then when you go on, on a long journey then you've got to plan it you've got to plan it as to how far you're going to go how far you're going to get and where you're going to where you're going to recharge now what you've got is that we will we still have a shortage of of fast chargers around the country and then you have them you've a lot of a lot of one, one of the big concerns we get is from from women right and uh, especially at night and things like that, going into strange car parks at night to, to charge a car, especially if they're in, away for a farm in, in, in a strange town or a strange city, or going into streets in Dublin or Cork City where the fast chargers are located. So you've got to create the fast chargers, but you've also got to create a space that's comfortable and safe for people that they can actually go to and get their cars charged. So we still have those issues to, to, to face and, and conquer, but... Mainly people now understand you charge a car at night and if you go on a long journey, you plan in advance where you're going to charge a car. So, so look, we know that we are on the journey towards electric vehicles. But we also know that over the last few years in Ireland, we've had government policies introduced, which mm-hmm. being kind, l- look like there hasn't been a huge amount of joined up thinking between departments or between uh, policy makers about how to get there. So yeah. we've had headlines. We've had things like we're going to have one million electric vehicles by 2030. Just on that point, where did that come from? That figure. Um, and, and this is this. Like, we'd be very critical of the government, and one of the reasons, and and of politicians in general, not just the government opposition politicians as well, because the understanding of the numbers isn't there. It's not there. So the the people that, that are making the policy decisions don't understand the numbers. But who are they asking? I don't know. They're not asking us, even though we, we've made representation after representation. And, I, and I'll give it, like, where the, the 1 million EVs is ultimately very achievable. 
even though we're, we're, tw- we're in 2022, we're a year and a half into this decade, it's still achievable at this stage. There's a massive misunderstanding of where the numbers came from. The, like most politicians or most commentators would say, you know, that the new car market is about 120,000 units per annum, and you take 10 years, that's 1.2 million cars in the 10-year period, and you want 800, like the 1 million EVs is 845,000 EVs. So you need a massive percentage. And at the moment, like we're at around 14 or 15 percent EVs. You need, like after this year, you're saying that nearly 100 percent of the new cars are going to be sold in this market are going to have to be EVs. That's the general um, like understanding amongst politicians and commentators in general. Not you know, Paddy, you know, you understand the numbers. Where the numbers actually come from is the historic, and it's the new and used car market, because remember we say that used cars were a substitute for new car sales in this country because of the high prices of new cars. So the historic new and used car market is 225,000 euros per annum over a 20-year period. Now, you take out the, the, the bad years and take out the massive good years, about 225,000 cars per annum. And what the, what the experts said, the people that came up with the, the 1 million EVs are a company called McKinsey's and the Climate Action Plan 2019. And what they said, that this 225,000 cars, because of demographics, population growth, everything like that, and we have a growing population, thankfully, one of the few across Europe that have a growing population, that that 225,000 would go to 250,000 average per annum. So now that's 2.5 million cars over the 10-year period. Like, or for us, Yahoo, you know, 2.5 million cars over 10 years. And 845,000 of them would be EVs. So that's 33%. So they're saying 33% of all the cars, new imports and used imports, would be EVs. That's not an unachievable number. And what they also say that almost 600,000 of them, of that 845,000, would be achieved in the last three years of the decade. And that's important, right? So it's 2028, 2029, and 2030. And the reason why that's important, Paddy, is by then we'll have the solid-state batteries which means that, or a solid state battery means that it doesn't have any fluid in it. So it's, it's half the price and it gives you choice to the distance. So when the battery prices come down, then the cars are going to be, electric vehicles are going to be a lot more, a lot, a lot more affordable for people. And by 27, 2028 and 2029 and 2030, we'll have the smaller EVs coming into the market. They won't be in the market at an affordable price for a long, long time to come. So we'll have the range We'll have the, the variety of cars that are required in the marketplace and we'll have the price. So what, what we need to what what we're failing at the moment, right, is that we're pushing people out of internal combustion engine cars when there's not an affordable option for them in an electric vehicle. And believe it or not, the experts, the McKinsey's in the 2019 Climate Action Plan, advocated for the continued sale of efficient petrol and diesel cars right through to 2027, 2028 and 2029 so that you get the fuel efficiency improvements or the, the emissions improvements from those cars. And the average car on Irish roads at the moment is 28%, or sorry, the brand new petrol and diesel car is 28% more fuel efficient than the average car on Irish roads. But, it, it, we, you know, we recently sat in our Octus committee yeah. talking, as AA, talking about fuel prices. Uh, and it's such a huge issue at the moment. But part of the figures that we gave were the fact that on one side, the Irish car park, as they call it, is 10 years old. And 
currently the average motorist is spending seven, eight hundred euro more on fuel than they were two years ago. So regardless of anything else, why would there not be an appetite to encourage people into cleaner, more fuel efficient cars over in general? Yeah, and it's in the climate action plan. It's in the 2019 climate action plan, which they which they endorsed again in 2021. So in the climate action plan, it calls for the continued sale of, of, of newer internal combustion engine cars. Like, um, it, it was written there recently, right, I can't remember who, Colin McCarthy wrote it, right, the eminent economist, he wrote in the Farmer's Journal, that if we replaced all the internal combustion engine cars on Irish roads, or, sorry, around the world, with the brand new internal combustion engine cars, you get a 33% saving in emissions immediately, and zero NOx, which is the big thing, right? And we're looking for a 51% reduction over, over the decade. So these cars have, have a significant contribution to make to, to the, the emissions reduction, but they're being ignored by the government. And I believe, we believe, that it's, there's an anti-car um, bias within government circles. It's the, only, it's the only conclusion that you've come to. Like we've been at this now for a long, long time, Paddy, and we've been lobbying through um, official channels, all through official channels, because you can't lobby through unofficial channels anymore. Um, and we've made all the arguments. We, we've been on to the Climate Change Advisory Council. We were on to the Tax Strategy Group. We were on to the EPA. We've on to be on to every, any, any body, any government body that you could possibly imagine. And we've got a zero response to uh, our arguments. I mean, nothing back. Absolutely nothing back. I don't know if you'd have the figure, but how much does the motor industry contribute to tax, the tax take every year? It's six billion, I think. Six billion out of out of our out of our total tax take of sixty, and that's going to disappear once a lot of that is going to disappear once um, we go full electric. Look, anyone listening to this is going to say, "Look, oh, and we'll mo- no doubt accuse us of bias. We're the automobile yeah, we association. Are, yeah, we, we, we're the automobile association. You, you sell the, cars. The facts, like well, the numbers they're in quoting here, are easily verifiable. I, I'm quoting the numbers that are in the government's own plan. But just teasing it out, if. If people were to, in the short term, buy newer cars, you're saying that the um, their fuel economy, the um, and their ergo the emissions will decrease. The the government takes some money in, based on that. If people aren't, if there's nothing happening, there's no transactions. People are staying in the cars they're in. Surely their tax take is down, right? Well, their tax take is down because um, the market, the number of units in the market is down. We're looking at, as I said, two hundred twenty-five thousand units between new imports and used imports and we're looking at like 150,000 so it's a big 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 drop in their income um, in their their tax take their transaction tax take but their tax take from petrol and diesel is just going through the roof you know and as we like one of the problems that we face Paddy is that with the absence of used cars in the market like a lot of Irish people the vast majority of Irish people I think it's it's almost just under 70 percent of the private car journeys occur outside of the metropolitan Dublin area. Mm. And in those areas, there's no adequate, like there's no adequate public transport in Cork really. You know, if you want to get anywhere in a hurry on public transport in Cork, Cork City or Cork County, it's incredi- incredibly difficult to actually, to actually get a convenient, fast public transport alternative to your car. So for a lot of people, there's no, there's no um, public transport alternative. Well, C- CSO figures bear that yeah. out, they're there in black and white. Yeah, and, and like why, and then we go along and we penalise um, 
existing car ownership, which is what we're doing by increasing the prices of VRT, which is increasing the price of new car new cars in a market where we can't get used cars, you're creating a massive bubble, right? You're creating a massive increase in used car prices. So what we've seen is that our after sales business is gone through gone through the roof. Like our our service parts business is just if you try to book in I'd hate to say what the lead time is, it's embarrassing, but um, significant, anyway. significant, right? And that's all over the country as well. Like you try to get an NCT tomorrow, like, and oh, that's another argument. Another, another day's work, but we were quoted September now to get an NCT. Um, our trade parts business, you know, we had vans on the road selling Volkswagen Group parts um, to independent repairers and body shops. Their business has gone through the roof as well. Like, I mean, increases over last year into the twenty odd percent. And remember, we were open last year. We weren't closed. We were all kept open during the the lockdown that happened in January, February last year. So massive, massive increases. And the reason for that, Paddy, is that people are putting cars back on the road that should really be scrapped. And what's happening is that as the age of the car fleet increases, your emissions go up, not go down. We also have this weird situation, right, that because people, there's still a shortage of cars, people still have to go to the UK to buy cars, even though they're very expensive. But so if a person could afford, say, €10,000 to buy a car, and before all these changes, they could, they could have bought, like, say, a six- or seven-year-old car for €10,000. Um, no, that car is a 10-year-old is car. So the, the, the €10,000 um, is a 10-year-old car. So what's happening is that they're buying all their cars and bringing them into the market here. So we're bringing in... Like the, the change in the mix of the cars from import from the UK has changed significantly to all their cars. Like in 2021, we brought in more cars more than six years old than EVs are registered. So the whole of the benefit that we got from the EV registration in 20, 2021 was completely decimated by the older cars that were imported from the UK. Something we've been floating, Dennis, is uh, maybe they're, being, they're dropping any charges on say, EVs coming in from other markets. Would that be a short-term solution? They can't do that, Paddy. I, like, under, under European legislation, they cannot do that. Okay. You know, the only thing they can do is bring EVs to, to 0% VRT on new cars in this country, and then they'll be 0% when they come in from, from the UK. But they've got to keep the 23% fat because they can't, yeah, they can't differentiate right. between product A, B, and C. You can't have 2% VAT in this car and mm. 10% VAT in this car. So the only thing that they could do to make these cars cheaper is to um, bring the VRT on electric vehicles back from 7% to, to 0%. And the other thing they could do is that they could create some form of incentive for um, car hire companies to put EVs on because tourism is going to expand again. Mm. You see what's happening in Dublin Airport seems half of Ireland wants to get out. But on the other side, we have a lot of people coming in as well. And like, traditionally, the, I think that the car rental market in Ireland was 15,000 vehicles a year. And if you got them to transfer them to EVs, then you'd have 15,000 EVs, secondhand EVs coming on the market every year. But there has to be some incentive then to them. And one of the big incentives would be to have fast charges on the Wild Atlantic Way. And if you yeah, go around the Wild Atlantic Way, you know, there's zero. Like, we have a garage in Skibbereen, uh, and we have, the only, we have the only fast charger west of Skibbereen. The only one. There's none around. There's a couple work in. There's a couple of charges in Skibbereen. I think only one of them is working or something like that. So like that all has to be addressed before we get to a situation where you're going to have fifteen thousand 
car rental cars as electric vehicles. All of this situation about charging and where they're charging on the wide Atlantic way. So all that's going to take time. And we're back to the situation that our government are deliberately targeting internal combustion engine cars. To, to, and the, the, the thing is, right, to, to incentivize consumers to buy electric vehicles. So they can't afford electric vehicles because they're too expensive. And now we're making internal combustion engine cars deliberately more expensive than they can't afford them either. So they're either hanging on to their existing car for longer or they're going to the UK bringing in older cars that they can afford which completely negates the benefit that we're getting from electric vehicles. Now, we've made all these arguments to government. We've made them to the Green Party directly, to representatives of the Green Party, and you get silence back, Paddy. And the reason you get silence back that it doesn't suit the narrative. What we're saying does not suit the narrative that this, this is crazy. Like, we're cutting off our nose despite our face. So and, they, and is it, in your view, Dennis, is it, is it a case that they can't be seen to encourage people buying vehicles? Is it a case that they can't seem to be encouraging the, the motor well, retail they, industry? They, I don't think they, like, like, you speak to them, and I speak, I've spoken to lots of them, I've spoken to lots of them privately, I've spoken to a lot of the EV enthusiasts as well, because we were accused of not wanting to sell EVs. Like, that was the first time as a car dealer we ever been accused of not wanting to sell a car. It was crazy. Like, and even the electric vehicle transition group, which is a new group, I think it's from the Department of Transport or somebody like that, and they came out with a report and they actually suggested that they should train us in how to sell cars. Like, we're just laughing at this stuff. There's nobody on the electric vehicle transition group from the, the car industry. Absolutely nobody, right? And you get this stuff that they should train us up in how to sell cars. Like, we are probably one of the most trained, training-intensive industries or sectors in any sector in this country. The training that we do is absolutely incredible. All our people are very well trained in how to sell cars, and we're very successful there as well, Paddy. We'd be one regarded amongst Volkswagen Group uh, in Europe as one of the best organisations in the whole of Europe. And that's from sales and after sales and everything else. So that We always rank, Ireland always ranks at the top of the European league tables for professionalism and customer care and all these things. Then you have a government agency coming up telling us that they want to train us now to sell electric vehicles. So, so where, where, Dennis, do you think, in your view, that the government are getting things wrong? Well, they have the numbers wrong, firstly. They don't understand the numbers. Which, like, and the numbers, like, I'm not making up these numbers, Paddy. This is coming from their own report, the 2019 Climate Action Plan, as endorsed again in 2021, just, just at the end of last year. That's, the num- that's where the numbers are coming from, and they don't even understand their own numbers. So then you have people making policy based on a misunderstanding of the numbers in the first place, and there's, there's policy, there's no detailed plans. So we need to show a route to consumers as to how to get from their existing car into an EV. And as I said, they all come in and they all ask about them. And when you get to the affordability question, it just dies. It just dies. And so people are hanging on to their existing cars for longer, can't afford an internal combustion engine car now either because you made them too expensive. So they're hanging on to their older cars for longer, existing cars for longer, as evidenced by our part sales going through the roof, especially part sales to to traders, independent uh, repairers, and um, the use the age of the used cars that are being ported from the UK. Just explain to us about the price of EVs. Now, currently they're subsidised, and they're quite generously yeah. subsidised in Ireland. There's often the argument put forward that, oh, it's only a matter of time before this price parity between these and petrol and diesel cars. Is that necessarily true? No, it's not true at all. I, I, I've heard some commentators like they say it was going to happen in 2022, 
and then they change it, they say it's going to happen. Like if you went back and you looked up some of these uh, uh, predictions as to when price parity was going to come, um, they say uh, 2023, 2024, and then they go 2025. It's, it's more than likely, as was in the Climate Action Plan in 2019, it was pretty accurate, 2028, 2029, 2030, before we're going to get the price parity. And the reason we'll get the price parity, Paddy, is the solid-state batteries are going to bring us the price parity. That's what's going to bring us there. And the factories have to be built in Europe as well, rather than in China. So we've got to get European production, and we've got to get, we've got to get European production of solid-state batteries. They're, they're, a good, they're a good way off yet. Like we're, we're predicting, I think Volkswagen Group are saying 2027-ish. The and they have heavily invested in companies with solid-state. Outside, outside of Tesla... Um, by the, end, by the end of this decade, we'll be Volkswagen Group will be the leaders, world leaders in electric vehicle production and, and sales. And even at that, Paddy, we're predicting that 70% of our supply or sales in 2030 will be electric vehicles. 30% will still be um, ICE. Now, at that stage, there'll probably be there will be very, very, very low emission ICE hybrid technology, advanced hybrid technology within them but we'll still be selling 30% ICE in 2030. But the government is saying that they're going to ban... It's illegal, Paddy. To ban the sale of it's, petrol. It's illegal. It's illegal because if, if the car is, is, is available or authorised for sale by the European Union in Berlin, they can't ban it in Dublin. Then. They can't do this. It's illegal, and that's been clarified to them. And you, you will see that the latest... And publications from like the, the 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 2019 the 2021 climate action plan, which is basically the 2019 climate action plan, but any reference to the ban on internal combustion engines is gone. It's gone, and you won't hear any government ministers or any government departments talking about the ban of internal combustion engines in 2030. And one of the points that we made to them, um, which we believe they took up, was but we don't know because they, they don't reply to us uh, to any of the points that we make was that it's counterintuitive anyway. And the reason it's counterintuitive that you want this massive acceleration to, to EVs in 2028, 2029, 2030. Why would you destroy the value of a person's existing vehicle right at the time you want them to transition to EVs? So you're coming up to 2030 and you've got, you've got a, a noise car and they're saying that, oh, we're going to ban the sale of these in 2030. What's that going to do to the value of your car? You know, so well, it's banning the sale of new ones, though, new right? Ones, yeah. yeah, but like it's going to have an impact on people's perception, right? And and what what are they going to do? And they're they're now confused because they can't afford a new EV. Like the vast vast majority of our consumers in this country, Paddy, cannot afford EV at the moment, right? And that's going to continue for 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 a certain while yet. Because the other point is, as well, of course, is that the subsidies cannot last forever. They're not going to last. And at the moment, we are looking at an artificial price. Yeah, and and. Uh, there's between the grants, there's 5,000 um, SAI grant, and on a 40,000 euro EV, there's 2,500 um, uh, VRT relief. So it's 7,500 is, is the grant. Yet they are taking taxation in on that. There's still, there's still a net. There's still, like, people believe that. Uh, like, this is, this is like, funny that all people don't understand this either. That the 7,500 that you're getting back, they're still keeping about two grand in that car in tax. You know, so that we're the only country in Europe that that we're actually making, they're taking money in from electric vehicles because rather than giving money it's out. Zero grams yeah. to 
whatever. 20, yeah, so a 7% VRT. So, like, if you take, like, they even the, they have this, and this is where the anti-car bias comes in again, the cars over 60,000 euro, they don't get any VRT relief or any grant. So now you're saying that if somebody is driving a big Jeep and they're, they're doing that, they're, doing, they're generating lots of emissions and they go to an electric vehicle, that even though you're getting a massive savings from that, you're differentiating between the savings that you get from one from a vehicle over 60,000 and a vehicle that's that's under 60,000 euro. Slight offshoot from that, what's your view on the cessation quite early on the PHEV grant? Do you think that was premature? Yeah, it's very premature. It's part of the Climate Action Plan as well. It's a stepping stone for people to get from ICE to to electric vehicle. Very premature. But the thing is that like the grants are going to be gone by 2025, Paddy. They're gone. They can't sustain them. Like there was, I was listening to the... The submissions on, on to the Climate Action Committee in, in the Doyle, they had hearings on this, and they were talking about the grants are going to cost 10 billion, 10 billion. So that's not going to happen. If We'll be lucky if they're still there in 2024. So if I was to advise anybody, no. Like they, 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 they probably will be reduced in next year's budget. So if I was to advise anybody, I'd buy my electric vehicle, no. Because they're not, they're not like from a used vehicle, because there's going to be none of them around, you're not going to get any massive deterioration in value from from electric vehicle over the next three or four or five years. And they're not, in the short term, they're not going to get any cheaper. They're not going to get cheaper. They're going to get more expensive because they're a low margin vehicle for manufacturers as well. And the reason they're a low margin vehicle is that, like, like in the European Union, there's this massive drive for electric vehicles as well. So every country in the European Union are doing what we're doing. There's huge pressure on the manufacturers. They've got to reach an average CO2 emissions for their fleet. And if they're not, if they don't hit that average, they're going to be fine. Like, and the fines run into the billions of euro, not hundreds of millions, billions of euro by the European Union. So all of this is going on over in Europe. All the manufacturers are adhering to European standard. And we here in Ireland then are doing this, this what we call the stupidity of interfering in the process and slowing the, the, the uptake of EVs and increasing the age of the fleet and increasing emissions. So... So, sorry, Dennis, just on that point, is it, is it cheaper for the manufacturers to, in effect, subsidise or take less profit on an electric vehicle than it is to pay the fines? Yeah. And that's what they're doing. Now, as, as, they get, as the market gets more sophisticated and there's more electric vehicles going to the market and, and they're converting factories by the new time from internal combustion engines to, to, to electric vehicles, they, they, they'll sell more but they're going to increase the price because they want to keep their margin in the cars. Like at the moment, it's the sale of internal combustion engine cars are paying for the development of the electric vehicles, which is another contradiction in terms. And I had this discussion with a Green Party minister, and I won't tell you which one. I said, like, you're just going to have to turn a blind eye to this for 10 years. You know, I know we know you hate cars. Like, I know you're completely anti-car, but you just, it's internal combustion engines are paying for the development of these electric vehicles, paying for the, the conversion of the factories from internal combustion engine manufacturer to electric vehicles. But we, we know it's not a sexy argument, but it was all the sale of the large SUVs, the big profit vehicles that that's, paid for yeah. the development of the EVs. Yeah, that's it. And, and that's still it. That's still it, Paddy. Like it's, it's this continued sale of, a, of internal combustion engines is part of the government's climate action plan. It's part of it, but they ignore it. They don't understand the numbers. They, or maybe they do, and they just want they just want to ignore it, and they're bringing policy 
in uh, based on these complete misunderstandings, it's very hard to it's very hard to take because you just wonder are they, are they really genuine about this or is it just all talk? It's just like trying to feel good or trying to go to Europe and say, look what we're doing, all this kind of stuff. You know, you just you just wonder as to what they're at really. So from your perspective, okay, someone who is in the car industry, someone who has read more than one paper, or yeah, I've, read them all. I've read every single one that they've ever produced on on cars and climate to do with transport, every single one. What is the solution? The solution that will suit them, that will suit the the retail market, that will also suit your customer who's living in uh, the back of beyond. This, this is going to happen, Paddy. The, the transition to EVs has started and it's not going to stop. Like they're converting factories from internal combustion engines to EVs as we speak. They're building the solid state batteries in the European Union as we, as we speak. This is happening. It's not, it's not going to stop. The Irish government just needs to stop. Just just follow what the European Union are doing. The European Union are on this, right, big time, right? Just stop. Just get out of the way. Just get out of our way for 10 years and let us do it. All you're talking about here is time. They're saying they want it done by 2030. We're saying no. It's not going to happen by 2030. Between 2035 and 2040, all of this. You're talking about five years, right? That's, what you're ta- that's all you're talking about. And they're introducing policies that are actually preventing us achieving the emissions reductions that we could achieve. Now, that's hard for us to take. And when you don't get any responses from them and you make all these, all these arguments and you bring all the logic to bear and you think that people would listen to logic, but not in this day and age, Paddy, they don't, they're more interested in having a headline that we're going to ban internal combustion engines, which is illegal, or we're going to have eight or one million EVs by 2030, which the policies that they're adopting at the moment will not, we will not achieve that. So unless, ju- we change, unless we change policy. So even in the short term, are you just asking for dialogue? Discussion? I, even, like, like we, we've, we've recently, recently we've got some dialogue. Eventually we've got some dialogue. Like even the electric vehicle transition group, that, 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 there should be people from our industry on that, you know, to stop them coming out with ridiculous things like we're going to train up the car industry and how to sell, how to sell electric vehicles, you know. Um, there needs to be people on that. They need to be aware of how this transition is going to happen and when it's going to happen, right? what cars are coming, when they're coming, what size of cars are coming, when they're coming, when's price parity going to happen, right? when is the solid-state batteries going to come into the market, and then base your, your policies around then. And then you show consumers, you can show consumers how you're going to get there because at the moment, consumers have no clue how they, they, they can't afford, how they're going to afford a car for €40,000 plus. And when the grants go... They're going to be 50,000 euro plus. How are you going to afford that type of vehicle? They have no idea. And neither do I, Paddy. That's, that's the truth of it. Dennis Murphy, thanks so much for your time. All right, Paddy, thank you very much. Wow, Dennis isn't backwards in his opinion, is he? No, he isn't. But he is really passionate about his work. And that always makes for a rewarding discussion. If you would like to read or listen to more of our content, go to the AA blog, www.thea.ie forward slash blog. And you will, of course, find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook and TikTok. Please subscribe to the podcast. And until next time, goodbye and be safe.